What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they will join another league, the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Before we get started, we are two writers from San Diego Sports Domination Slam Diego's top sports blog who have been covering the Chargers for over five seasons during our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly on Facebook. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? It is Crossover Thursday. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Thanks to everybody who is checking out for the first, checking us out for the first time. And it is Crossover Thursday, and this week we are going to be talking with Ross Jackson, one of my favorite hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network, about this game against the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football with the Locked On Saints podcast. He and David are going to get into a ton about this weekend's matchups, like how the Chargers are going to try and stop Alvin Kamara, and now they're going to deal with the strong defensive front that New Orleans has. But I'm going to start the show today by getting into a running back the Chargers recently brought in for a workout and talk about what the Chargers' options are right now at the running back position now that Austin Eckler is looking to miss four to six weeks with a hamstring injury. And also talk a little bit how the Chargers' game against the New Orleans Saints almost got moved to Indianapolis, but after Hurricane Delta changed directions, it's looking like it's going to stay at the Superdome in New Orleans. So let's go ahead and get into it. On Wednesday, the Los Angeles Chargers decided to work out a new running back, and their Monday night football game against the Saints almost changed locations. This is Daniel Wade with your Lockdown Chargers lead story. According to NFL reporter Tom Pelissero, the Chargers brought in former Dolphins and Jets running back Kalen Bolage for a visit on Wednesday, and this comes in the wake of an injury to running back Austin Eckler, who was the lead back for the Chargers and is now probably going to miss somewhere between four and six weeks with a severe hamstring injury, and now the Chargers are looking at all of their options. Kalen Bellage was recently with the New York Jets but was released on October 5th after only playing in three games with New York. In those three games, he ran the ball only three times for only 13 yards, but he did average three catches a game with nine catches for 67 yards, which was impressive in his short stint. In 2019, with the Dolphins, he rushed 74 times for only 135 yards, which comes out to a 1.8 average yards per carry and caught the ball 14 times during the season. For 63 yards, but Bolage is a name that came out in his rookie season in 2018 and was actually very impressive for the Dolphins. He ran the ball only 36 times, but did average 5.3 yards per carry and did have a successful career in college at Arizona State. During college, he did average 4.4 yards per carry over his four seasons, which is pretty good. But over the last two seasons, he only averaged 4.3 yards per rush and never rushed for over 669 yards in any given season. So the Chargers probably will not be able to look to Balazs to try to fill in the production they were getting out of Austin Eckler, who is one of the best multi-purpose backs 
in the entire NFL. As far as yards from scrimmage are concerned, he might be able to catch the ball a little bit, and the Chargers could be looking to potentially add him to the practice squad and maybe move one of the guys they have on the practice squad up. They do have a couple of options there that could potentially go with Darius Bradwell, whose claim to fame was him on hard knocks where the coaches were badgering him for coming into camp overweight, but did have a successful career at Tulane where he averaged over five yards per carry in his career. And also his junior season rushed for 1,134 yards and 11 touchdowns, so definitely was producing there. But they could also go with Troy Main Pope, who played in 14 games for the Chargers recently in 2019, mostly on special teams, but he did get some run at running back and carried it 10 times for only 20 yards. So neither one of those options is a sure thing. And both of the other guys still on the active roster, Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly, would both be the two main backs, even if another player was to get activated or signed to the team. But I think that brings its own set of issues because if you look at Justin Jackson, he is absolutely explosive, was leading the league for a short time at the beginning of 2019 in yards per carry, averaging over nine yards per attempt. But the problem is with Justin Jackson is he just has not been able to stay healthy so far in his Chargers career. Jackson has already missed two games so far this season for the Chargers and in his two plus seasons he has made he has only played in 20 out of a possible 36 games since coming to the Chargers as a seventh round pick in 2018 but the Chargers did draft a running back this season in the fourth round Joshua Kelly out of UCLA who overall has been impressive but if there is one knock on him so far it's that he put the ball on the ground twice already is that he has fumbled already twice in the four games the Chargers have played, including a devastating fumble last week, right before halftime, which ended up cutting the Buccaneers, which ended up cutting the Chargers lead from 17 to 10, which definitely gave the Buccaneers a lot of momentum going into halftime. So the Chargers definitely need depth at the running back position, but I wouldn't expect Kalen Bellage, even though he worked out with the team, to sign necessarily. And if he does sign, I don't know if he would be a major part of the Chargers offense. Another interesting piece of news that came out on Wednesday is that the Chargers game on Monday night football against the Saints was potentially going to move to Indianapolis because of Hurricane Delta. The Athletics' Jeff Duncan reported that the Delta had become a major hurricane and that the Saints were preparing to potentially evacuate to Indianapolis, which is where the game would have been held. But later on in the day, they did say that with Hurricane Delta weakening and heading west of New Orleans, the Saints have decided to stay in New Orleans and did not evacuate to Indianapolis on Thursday. This will give the Saints an advantage because they are one of a few teams that are allowing fans at their stadium, so they will have somewhat of a true home game when the Chargers try to improve to 2-3 and three on Monday Night Football. But we do have two more segments to get into because it is crossover Thursday, so we're going to get with Ross Jackson and break down this weekend's matchup against the New Orleans Saints. But first, I need to tell you guys that Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us in our community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the smart choice to stop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. 
Visa everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto, the only place to try and go get any kind of auto parts that you need. Anytime I have an issue or need something, there's only one place I go, and it's Rock Auto. Because I don't know a ton about cars, but the one thing I know, when I go to Rock Auto, I don't have to go try to check at the stores to see if they have the part I need. They have everything you need with the largest inventory available. And the best part is, is you're going to get the best price. Whether you're a mechanic or just a daily driver, everybody gets a wholesale price with rockauto.com. You'll never be disappointed with that. And they have everything you need. Whether you need tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Crossover Thursday on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Of course, the Chargers are going to be going to the Big Easy, possibly, to face the New Orleans Saints. So that is going to mean that I am joined by the incomparable Ross Jackson. Of course, you can find him on Twitter and all of his work at Ross Jackson Nola. Ross, how are you doing, man? Oh, man, doing very well, doing very well. Very glad to uh, be able to undergo this one. Uh, And I I love that you say might be heading to New Orleans because, of course, there's a lot of questions surrounding exactly where this game is going to be played this week. Exactly, and and we'll definitely get into that a little bit later on the questions. But first things first, I mean, the first quarter of the season has now uh, elapsed, and uh, I just want to get your uh, evaluation of the Saints through the first quarter of the season. Yeah, I mean, the Saints have sort of started off essentially the way that they have for the past few years to where they garner all of this concern over the first two games of the season. And then all of a sudden it looks like they kind of click into gear with games three and four. We've seen Drew Brees completely turn his production over during the first two games uh, or rather from the first two games into the second two games. So there's a lot more confidence coming from this team surrounding this team about this team right now especially after their performance against the lions but we also have to keep in context that their performance against the lions comes against a pretty weak defense over there Mm. and matt patricia's squad but there's still a lot more confidence now building within the organization after this win and uh you know some certain pieces might be coming back here soon as well the saints playing that game without two of their starting corners but there's the hope that marshawn Lattimore and janoris jenkins come back the potential of uh, some other players returning here as well, not the least of which being Michael Thomas. So there's confidence building. And as those pieces start to return, that confidence is only going to continue to soar. Yes, definitely. I mean, when you talk about injuries, <laughs> you right. look at how many are on the Chargers set. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that later, but it is a huge, huge part of what's been going on this mm-hmm. season. But hey, uh, you know, the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints obviously is an old friend mm-hmm. to the Chargers as he started his career with us here. How has Drew Brees been doing? I mean, has the age showed? Uh, has it affected his play at all? Yeah, it's an interesting, it's been an interesting conversation so far because there was all of this conversation about Drew Brees' arm not being ready, not being good, the drop off, all this other stuff that was kind of there and present over the first couple of seasons, uh, first couple of games of the season. And, you know, a lot of people concerned about the Saints not being able to push the ball down the field, Breeze not being able to push the ball down the field. My question was never really about pushing the ball down the field because that's not what the Saints do in the first place. You know, they're, they're a traditional West Coast offense. They want short, quick passes. They want to be able to take advantage of uh, defenses by scheming their wide receivers into, uh, you know, advantageous situations for Drew Brees to be able to target in the short and intermediate 
area of the field, which is where this offense is predicated. So I was never too concerned about that. But there were some concerning things at the very beginning of the season, David. You saw issues with ball placement. You saw issues with decision making, with trust with the wide receivers, holding on to the ball too long. A lot of those things that you don't usually see from Drew Brees. You used to seeing Brees throw receivers open, put the ball only where receivers could get to it. Uh, so many of that, so many of those things raised a lot of question marks early, even in the short and intermediate area of the field. And fortunately, Drew Brees, since again, over the last uh, two games, weeks three and four here, has looked to sort of correct those and then get sort of the the ship righted in terms of his ability now to be able to connect with these other receivers outside of Michael Thomas along this offense with Michael Thomas having been out he's had the opportunity to really build chemistry with guys like Emmanuel Sanders Traquan Smith and then even some of these tight ends as well and uh, of course Alvin Kamara having a fantastic season to help back him up as well well I'm sure Alvin's uh pretty happy now that he's got a large chunk of change in mm-hmm. the bank account uh, I know that was a, a big sore spot for him but for Breeze I mean a thousand six yards eight eight touchdowns two interceptions 108.2 on the pass rating sounds pretty darn good to me but uh, you mentioned some of those injuries uh, but for me the biggest one is Michael Thomas so mm-hmm. do you know anything about his status for Monday night's game I know we've been he's been dealing with a very high ankle sprain mm-hmm. and uh, just want to know is is he going to be available on Monday yeah, it looks like it. Obviously, with this being a Monday game, it, it delays injury reports and everything so far. So we haven't gotten the chance to see if he's going to practice. We won't know until during the day here on Thursday. But when it comes down to what we saw last week, he practiced all week. He was limited, but he was there at practice. So I think that if you get that same rhythm from him this week, maybe with a couple of limiteds, and then maybe if he gets a full participation in on Saturday, then it feels likely to me at that point that the Saints would then have Michael Thomas available to them. I don't know how much you trust him from even, say, a fantasy perspective or how much it is that you expect him to really get involved in the game. But even just having him there on the outside every now and then to sort of have a presence and and take and draw the attention of the defense, your offense is going to benefit from having Michael Thomas on the field, whether it's because he's producing or because he's opening up opportunities for other players to produce against the defense. Yeah, I mean, you, there's no way you can't account for someone who caught 150 balls last year. Right. I mean, that's that's <laughs> impossible. I mean, his presence on the field has to be accounted for as well as as well as Alvin Kamara's presence uh, as well. But something that's been going on on that's a little bit more important than football here. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 2020, of course. There's a lot of other things you got to worry about, COVID notwithstanding. But the Saints are considering evacuating New Orleans and going to Indy because of Hurricane Delta. And do you think that could mean relocating the game? And, you know, what are the chances of them making those moves? Yeah, I mean, that could very well be what happens. You know, they're talking with the NFL in terms of creating contingency plans of them having to relocate up to Indianapolis, as you mentioned, and that could also mean moving the game. We don't know where this game is going to be played just yet, and there's a couple of different factors that go along with it. You know, a a lot of folks have looked at it and said, well, you know, the the hurricane has moved a bit westward in terms of its track, so actually New Orleans is no longer within the expected affected area, which, of course, that can change at any moment, as we know, with hurricanes. But the other part of it is that Los Angeles that team has to fly through it <laughs> in order to get to New Orleans, you know? So there's yeah. there's a big conversation right now just in terms of making sure that everybody's able to be safe. And I'm glad that the Saints have been able to be proactive in this. You'll, you'll remember, and I'm sure that you've heard, New Orleans dealt with some big 
you know, uh, last second potential changes last week where, you know, Michael Burton, they land in Detroit the day before the game. He ends up with a positive COVID test turns out to be a false, uh, false positive, but they don't know that until 3 a.m. in the morning. So they didn't know that they were playing their game until that point. And so I, I think that it's smart for them to want to get ahead of this so that they don't end up with something very similar in terms of having to make a last second decision as opposed to getting this all planned now. Maybe the best solution, especially because you're not taking a game away from the fans by any means because you're not going to have fans there anyway you would just have 750 close friends and family you're not going to be taking a game away from fans in the first place so maybe it's the right decision to just make the decision to say hey this is what's best for everybody in terms of safety and then move the game if you decide that that's what what you deem necessary well ross we know that flexibility and in in this unprecedented 2020 season i think is going to be extremely important and i think the team who handles this and navigates these things the best is going to ultimately be the team that ends up hoisting that lombardi trophy but hey we're going to switch things over now over to the saints thing over to the chargers part of things ross jackson is going to ask me some questions on what that's like and we're going to do that right after this David, I don't know about you, but there are times, especially today, because we have both been on the grind today before we sat down to record, and there are just those times that there is just a wall that you have to break through, and it can be challenging. But there's a great new product by our good friends over at Built Bar to help you break through that wall, whether it's mental or physical. They're going to help you do it with Built Go every day. These are essentially little, it's kind of like drinking a a five-hour energy drink but without that crash feeling at the end, which is my least favorite part about messing with energy drinks. Plus, it's natural, so it's much better on the body, and you get three delicious flavors as well, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint, which is everybody knows is my personal favorite. So if you want to try these out, they're fantastic, and they're good for you, and they help you get through your day. Head over to BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you're going to get 30% off of your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, y'all, wrapping up our crossover Thursday episode locked on Saints. You got myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, and my good friend, David Drogmeyer, at Dedro Sports, D D R O Sports uh, on Twitter from over at Locked on Chargers. David, uh, this is going to be one of those games that. We don't really know, at least from my perspective, I don't really know which way this game goes because there are so many question marks about the Saints, so many question marks about this last performance. I understand why maybe some people still feel like this game could go either way. Tell me from your perspective, what's the confidence right now around the Los Angeles Chargers, especially with the massive roster change that they've recently had after Terod Taylor ended up with the uh, the punctured lung going with Justin Herbert? What does this guy bring to this team and how is it? team rallying around them well first of all ross i think you know the feelings around this team is optimism i think a lot of fans are seeing what justin herbert has been able to do and how he's been able to orchestrate the offense i think there's a lot of good things that you've seen i mean a lot of things going into the draft when they picked him that you know he has shown tremendous improvement on See, you know, when you in the draft process for Justin Herbert, we, you know, one of the big knocks that myself and Daniel had was that it doesn't seem like he's processing the whole field. He was more of a one, two read quarterback, get mm-hmm. get the ball out of his hands quickly. But 
since then, I mean, Pep Hamilton, the Chargers QB coach, has done a phenomenal job of working with him, and it seems like he's being able to move in the pocket. He's making incredible strong throws, 65 yards in the air. I mean, the the offense, the difference between the quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, running this offense, and Justin Herbert is the tempo and pace. Mm-hmm. It just seems like the Chargers are moving the ball down the field more effectively, quicker, getting more scores and touchdowns. Although you're dealing with the rookie mistakes, you know, you had a really costly interception that definitely lost the Chargers that game. But with the good, you have the bad and you're going to have to deal with that whenever you have a rookie quarterback. It's just going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And so I have to ask, you know, we we talked a little bit about injuries and everything early on in the episode. One of the big things about going on over in Los Angeles right now, obviously, there's been a lot of injuries that this team has had to overcome but Austin Eckler apparently being a player that the Chargers might be without, or it, it seems like a lot of people are pretty reserved in the idea that they will be without him. Uh, what is the the feeling from the local perspective on Austin Eckler? Is he going to be available for this game? And if not, who should Saints fans watch out for in the backfield for the Chargers? Yeah, there's no way that Austin Eckler is going to be showing up for this game. He has a hyperextended knee and a a grade two hamstring pull. Oof. So he's going to be out. Um, the, the prognosis on his timeline is probably four to six weeks. So I would not be surprised if a roster move happens to where he is placed on IR. Um, so someone else can take that spot. So to make up for that production or try to make up for that production, because you're not going to be able to do that with just one guy. Austin Eckler is very, very dynamic. He's probably in a similar mold of Alvin Kamara with his ability to catch the football, his Mm -hmm. elusiveness, um, his efficiency. He runs the ball extremely well. He averages about five yards a carry. He's, you know, he's a, he's a game wrecker and he's definitely, he's going to be sorely missed uh, every game that he misses out there in this chargers offense because he is a safety valve, but you're going to have to look at Justin Jackson, the seventh round pick from a couple of years ago, who is extremely elusive in his own right, but he has been battling injuries and he just got back last week and he wasn't overly impressive. Uh, I mean, the chargers had to throw the ball a lot, so they, they did not run with great efficiency, but um, there that's going to be a tandem approach because they're also going to use their uh, rookie running back Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. He's more of your in-between the tackles, you know, physical, tough type of runner with Justin Jackson being more of an elusive scat back type. So you're going to see a running back by committee. I wouldn't be surprised as well if the Chargers bring up Darius Bradwell from the practice squad, activate him for game day. So just so they have mm-hmm. that balance, the Chargers like to have a running back by committee approach. So I suspect that is going to continue no matter who is running the football. Yeah, that makes that makes a ton of sense. Uh, when you look at the Saints last week, they had a really great game throwing the ball against the Detroit Lions. They completed 89% of their passes against zone coverage, but were also very effective against man. What are the types of coverages that you're accustomed to seeing from the Chargers, and how have they had to adjust their defensive game plan with the injuries over on the defensive side? Well, the the depth is going to be tested. I mean, it's been tested before, and it seems like you know they've done an okay job of stepping in. But the Chargers play a lot of cover three zone. That's Gus Bradley's. That's his scheme. He's a, a bend but no don't break, limit the explosive plays type of defense. And you know the lack of aggressiveness. You know it it hurts because they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. At least they haven't. And you know the the loss of Melvin Ingram. Uh, opposite of Joey Bosa has been right. it's been big not only in the pass rush game but in the run stopping game too and just his his physical smarts you know his his savvy in the league right. he's been in a league for many many years and he you know he's a captain on that defense he, people 
respect him, look up to him. Chenin Nwosu, who is his backup, has stepped up and played admirably, but the Chargers need to get a lot more pressure on the quarterback. That's something they have struggled with in his absence, and that's something that has to improve greatly. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions was how are they uh, how are they subsidizing the pass rush so far? Are you seeing a lot more blitzing or are you seeing them just trying to get pressure with who they have on, uh, on the defensive line? Well, Anthony Lynn mandated before this season that they have to in- introduce more blitzes because they have to manufacture more pressure. They were la- you know, towards the bottom of the league in creating sacks last year, and unfortunately that trend has continued. So I think that they're going to start being a lot more aggressive now, sending a little bit more blitzes, especially going up against a quarterback who does not have a lot of mobility right. in his uh, later stage of his career. So I would not be surprised with this week uh, in general to see a lot more blitzing against Drew Brees to try to get him uncomfortable and make him uh, feel pressure that's not there and make and ultimately make throws that might end up in our in our defenders' hands. Which to win this game, they absolutely need to win the turnover battle. It is incredibly important, and the Chargers have done a piss poor job of doing it up to this point. Yeah, the Saints haven't really been generating a lot of turnovers either, but this is that's certainly going to be an emphasis in this game. I imagine, as you mentioned, for both teams, the Saints going to do what they can to take advantage of a young quarterback showing him something before the snap and then changing it afterwards. But we also know that the Saints have struggled against rookie quarterbacks in the past. Usually if you want to have a nice career day for your rookie quarterback, come on down to New Orleans and you'll find a way to get familiar. (laughs) Sounds familiar. Honestly, last year the, the, the Chargers faced three or four rookie quarterbacks and they've made them all look like savvy veterans, which is just (laughs) terrible. Yeah. It's very frustrating to watch. Uh, my, my last question for you comes down to that pressure. How has the Chargers offensive line held up with some of the shifts and things they got Trey Turner in over the off season? Of course, there's been, you know, obviously that has, uh, kind of been cut short. He's been dealing with, well, not cut short, but he's been dealing with some injuries as well. How's the offensive line shuffle looking? And is that a place where the Saints might be able to take advantage and try to continue the pressure they were able to put on Matt Stafford last week? Well, I mean, you look at this offensive line, you look at the left side, and you feel pretty good about things. Mm-hmm. I think the, their center, Dan Feeney, who moved over from guard, has played fairly well at that position. It seems like he is more suited for that position. You don't have, He doesn't have to do as much pass blocking. He's more in the phone booth. He's got help on either side, which seems to have, have benefited his play, which that's a great thing. He's in mm-hmm. a contract year, so he can make himself some money if he shows that he can be a competent center in this league. And then you have... Forrest Lamp at left guard, who has been hurt pretty much his entire NFL career, is finally being is finally healthy and is able to show everybody what he's able to do and what he's capable of, which you know is an above average offensive lineman in, in the NFL, and it's very nice to see that. We can just only hope that he continues to be healthy. Stem Tevy, the left tackle, is something we were extremely scared about because over. On the right side, when he was playing over there the the previous few years, he was not good Mm -hmm. at all. He was one of the worst tackles in the league. But I think you have to give James Campen, the the new Chargers offensive line coach, a lot of credit. Um, And also it helps that Justin Herbert is very mobile and he can move around in the pocket and he can, you know, extend plays. He's He's a big kid at six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds, but he has the speed and athleticism to extend the play yeah. and do and have some creativity. The the scary thing is the right side. We don't know what if Trey Turner is going to be healthy. Brian Bulaga, both of these guys have been nursing injuries the entire year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, with the extra time this week, some extra rest, that they're going to be more ready to go. If they're able to play, I feel a whole lot better about the chances of protecting Justin Herbert. If they are not able to go, 
I think it's a little bit of a panic situation there. It would be it's going to be very scary to go up against a very very good defensive line that the Saints have if they do not have their best guys out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very last thing that I'll say: uh, if you've got Hunter Henry on any of your fantasy teams, highly recommend giving him a start this game because the Saints have been terrible against tight ends this season. And a young quarterback, he's going to lean on his tight end, right? Absolutely, he is. No question about it. They have a great rapport. They threw the ball to each other in the offseason to get that connection started early, mm-hmm. and it has paid dividends on the field so far this year. You got to love it. Once again, David Drogmeyer of Locked on Chargers. You can find him on Twitter at Sports. Myself, Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints at Ross Jackson. Nola, appreciate you coming through for this crossover Thursday. David, best of luck on Monday. Looking forward to uh, watching this game and uh, seeing how this all unfolds, man. Absolutely. Couldn't couldn't be more excited for it. And I uh, can't wait to talk to you again, buddy. All right, guys. Well, that is going to wrap things up for today's show. A special thank you to Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints, one of the best shows on the network and one of the best hosts as well. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. There will be two shows before the game on Monday Night Football. So we have a lot more to get into with our keys for success, our predictions, and maybe even a few fan voicemails. And if you guys want to get on that show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. But that is going to do it for us. We will be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.